Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Joining us on the Harbor One Hotline is Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston Patriots Insider. Tom E. is brought to us by Dr. Matthew LaPresti and Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy Curran at 1-800-GET-HAIR, and by Wise Snacks. No one does crunchy, salty, or cheesy better than Wise Snacks. Tommy Curran on the Harbor One Hotline. Tom, good afternoon. We could do crunchy, salty, and cheesy right now. Ooh, let's uh, go. Fourier's in all three. I'm in, I'm in for you being – I want this whole interview for you to be just – Flat out cheesy. Just be as cheesy as you can be with every single oh, answer. God. Okay, try. Let's just see if you can do it. I don't think. I don't know. You know I, I I have inborn onboard cheesiness at all times. Yeah. So okay. We're not collaborative enough to determine oh. who's doing what now. For crying out loud, uh, Tommy, help us understand. Fourier and I have landed on just calling it offense X for right now, like it's a project. Do you have any idea, intel, or clue as to what kind of offense Gerard Mayo wants to have other than a successful one? I think we're all ruminating on that right now. And what I've landed on is, to borrow a Bill Parcells phrase, you don't know what the groceries are that are going to be laid out on the table. So you don't even know what kind of meal you're going to cook. So if you have Drake May or Jaden Daniels or Kirk Cousins or Caleb Williams, it's going to be a different meal. You don't know because you don't have any tight ends under contract or tackles under contract and you have one running back under contract and you have no high-end wide receiver and you really don't have any proven guards you're down to the studs. So what you have to figure out in large part is who are our players and then have an adaptable enough offensive coordinator to make whether it is Daniels or May or a free agent quarterback who comes in because you decided to take Marvin Harrison. You have to find out what meal it's going to be then, and you have to have a, an, an OC who is adaptable enough and gives you a vision that says, I can make this work and this work and this work. So, um, you know, one thing I've been uh, – that I, I think I'm a little nervous and I'm worried for Mayo. And I'll tell you mm-hmm. why. Because, uh, I mean, and you know him better than anybody. And his personality is great, right? And you're starting to see it and it's shining. Even like the interview yesterday with uh, with Greg Hill and, and the crew. And then he starts – and then he quotes like, you know, uh, and we got cash to spend. We're going to spend some cash and burn some cash. If you read it – it sounds it reads one way, but if you hear it, you know he's kind of being playful and joking around. I have this feeling that people are going to hold him accountable for that quote and kind of maybe misrepresent what he meant or, or hold him accountable if he doesn't spend the cash or if he doesn't get the right guys. I'm just curious your thoughts on the whole experience so far. Yeah, there's definitely going to be a learning curve that he is going to have to conquer in terms of, all right, what are the phrases that I might use as add-ons to a point I'm making or even add-on jokingly that could turn into slogans? Yeah. Burn some cash. Full throttle. 
It's like to use yeah. it to, to kind of compare it to the Red Sox, well done. Dom. Like, hey, full throttle. Well, I didn't really. I'm going to push the buttons and pull the levers. Hey, spend some cash. Burn some cash. People think differently yeah, when they hear that. Yeah, and you're going to have to look with any person in a new job who is going from being a very glib player or media personality or person who sits in a Zoom meeting um, and doesn't necessarily have their words parsed in the same way. He's going to have to learn that. And I don't think it was a misstep to say that because they do have to burn some cash. Maybe the choice of words sounds reckless, but nothing's more reckless than spending $60 million combined on Nelson Aguilar, Isaiah Wynn, and Jonu Smith. $60 million on those Mm. three players. Mm. So they do have to spend. (laughs) Hopefully it's less reckless than that. But it's also worth remembering, too, pre-bill, and there's a constant conversation here about where the economic stinginess came from, and it's often attributed to the crafts. Pre-bill, the Patriots had massive contracts to Bledsoe, Armstrong, Coates, McGinnis, Ty Law, Lawyer Malloy, Ted Johnson. They spent. Bill was the one who tightened the strings. Now, when Bill spent, he didn't always spend it in the most judicious ways, especially 2021 being an example, which is why there might be a bit of a change that we're experiencing, which is why there is a change. You know, the guys that he shopped on and spent on didn't work out as he hoped. So they're going to spend, they have to spend, and I think that they will be absolutely willing to spend because they are down to the studs on offense. Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Boston here with Gresham Fourier. How are they putting all this together with no GM? Collaboration. Oh, mm. here we go. So that's the. Why do you say here we go? Well, because uh, we we even adapted the uh, what was it? Mel Gibson, give me back my son. To <laughs> give me back my organization, because it feels like it's almost like a uh, an order of the. By God, we are doing it different, and we're going to let everybody know. And without a general manager, it leads me to wonder just how much a first-time head coach might be more than willing to listen to Thunder or whomever else is in that role, potentially, in the collaborative efforts of everyone down there. Do you envision an instance in which Robert Kraft is sitting in on an offensive coordinator interview, for instance, which I don't think would be the case by any stretch. They could be Wolf, Rowe, and Mayo and say, well, what's your vision for, you know, narrow split offense like the Rams use? Do Do you envision that? No, what I envision is Robert Kraft being brought the two finalists, and then uh, that's where maybe he gets his input because that's the way the coaching searches go. My worry is that they're all in the draft room. No one has been given the ultimate power, which means it still lies in the hands of the owners. And if there is a disagreement on number three or a trade or whatever, that's where we end up getting it. A, a an owner vetting a coach when the coaches have vetted them and then he's bringing them to his boss makes sense. What doesn't make mm-hmm. sense is having a spot where there is the buck stopping on big decisions. And when there isn't anyone in there and there is the feel for some that by God, I'm grabbing back the organization because Bill had it for a while. It allows your mind to run. Yeah. And there's a lot of time to fill. That's why I asked Robert Kraft last week at the very end of the press conference, what's your intention on your involvement in the football? And I don't know if it got less attention because of the timing, but he specifically answered the question in saying, I'm hiring football people and delegating the football to the football people as we always have. If the results aren't there, then we'll need to make a change. So to me, he kind of addressed it. I cannot possibly envision a point at which they're sitting there saying Drake May or Jaden Daniels, and they say, Robert, your call. I, I just can't. Well, hold on. And if it, but, overriding if, but if it's collaborative, which has been the big word, 
How do you then leave out the two most important people in making what could be a franchise-changing decision? Easy. You say, you know what? It's my funeral. I'm taking this guy. Sorry. You hired me to do the job. I'm doing the job. That's how. That's how you do it. That's how Christian would do it. That's how all the listeners right now would do it. May May I ask a follow-up? Who would be the one... No, no, who would be the one saying that, considering no one has been told it is their job to make that decision? It has to be Mayo. It has to be Mayo. You have to take, but as you're, as, as the point man, as the point of the spear, as it seems to be right now, in lieu of Elliot Wolf or Mark, Matt Groh being the one who was the point of the spear, you're going to sit there as you, me, and Christian would or again, any of the listeners with two other people would, and say, look, we just spent five months on this. What are we doing? We, we, we understand what we know, so we know now. So let's do this. So you, you cannot, it's not like, I mean, again, we're anticipating or doomsaying this is the scenario where this is going to happen unexpectedly at number three. If you don't know whether to poop or go blind at number three by April 25th, you're all in the wrong business. Yeah, and I'm with you. And I do think whether it's written down, said, or unsaid, the leader of this franchise right now, is, other than the ownership, is Mayo. So the buck will stop with him. That's that's what I believe. Um, moving forward, though, I am curious, um, um, do you foresee uh, any other staff members leaving do you see, uh, you know, uh, like a guy, uh, Mac Jones leaving? Like, what's your view on the, sure. the the guys that are still left in the building? Yeah. For instance, Steve Belichick could be a defensive coordinator candidate. I wonder if Steve said, I'd like to be defensive coordinator and stay here, Gerard. Whatever Bill does, uh, I'm going to stay here. Um, would he immediately become the defensive coordinator? Or is it DeMarcus Covington? Because, you know, no formal interview with Steve has been mentioned. I think that that is a question, along with Brian Belichick, that needs to be figured out, too. And Bill's situation hangs in the balance as well. So, you know, you need to figure out, and he needs to figure out, where does Bill land? Do I want to go there? Do I want to stay here? And he's a candidate to be the defensive coordinator, because between he and Mayo, it's been a good friggin' defense. So that's a question that hangs. Mac Jones? I think that that would be more of a draft time decision that you have to make. You have a free agent period that leads into the draft. Who do you get as a quarterback then? Because you better get one between March and April and figure out, is this a clipboard holder, a bridge guy, or a conceivable starter? And then you have a draft night, say you take Drake May, as Mel Kuyper has at number three, the Patriots taking in his first mock draft. Okay. We're going to move Mac Jones now. We appreciated his efforts. We liked that he worked hard. Didn't work out. Somebody else want him? Sixth? Fifth? Seventh? Anybody? <laughs> so to me, that's that's the most likely scenario. But again, I mean, do you want Mac Jones in the building still with a no. top three rookie, no. a veteran quarterback, and Bailey Zappi, and before deep? Or do you want to give him an opportunity to restart? I think that he's ready for a change, but willing to stay. But there's a lot of uncertainty on him, and there's a lot of water under the bridge already with his career here in New England. Yeah, it kind of feels like if Mac is on the roster, I know it's not a ton of money, but still it's a couple million bucks, that if if you if you had him, you almost wouldn't have a veteran there. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like you're either making the choice, he's the veteran, or you're moving on from him. And it sure as hell seems like it's the latter. Because the way I have definitely been interpreting, especially the the Gerard Mayo comment to Steve Burton, they're kind of leading us to the quarterback lake to drink out of. Do you necessarily yes. see it that way? Yeah, definitely. Most important position on the field, most important position in some ways in professional sports, and you don't have an answer for it. And you're in the position to almost practically have the pick of the litter, and you might not be up there again. It feels like it's the most important position and where they would lean. And here's the interesting thing. Say you bring in Jacoby Brissett. Was Jacoby Brissett 
definitely better in 2021 and 2022 than Mac Jones. You run a risk, if Mac Jones is there, of him having a better summer than Jacoby Brissett. So, I mean, that's the odd thing about him. You've seen him play at a fairly high level, even though I think a lot of people have blocked it out, which I understand. The more recent past is littered with mind-numbing interceptions. But there have been occasions when he's looked really friggin' good on the practice field and on the game field. So you run the risk of having a third quarterback who's better than your other two every time you go out to practice. Which, in theory, is what you want. But in practicality, it's wrought with complexions, as Tommy just laid out. It's fascinating, too, because it is an asset, a low-cost asset. But there's so much attached to him now as being the millstone that dragged down the greatest coach of all time in many people's views. Is there any way way for that – to be fixed. I'm curious, like if you were to like to not go to like here. a PR specialist. So okay, so not here, and under any circumstances, you're not fixing his image or his reputation here. No, I don't think he can. Yeah, just I like there are people who he throws, he, he throws say he throws six touchdowns and then throws a pick, and you know, at the end of a game, people same guy. I've never liked him. I didn't like him yeah. to begin with. He's weak armed. And I don't like his face when he gets hurt. Get him out. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that was my line. I, I can't I can't stand his face. Wait until those lines start getting used for people that guys like. Uh, you know what I mean? It's the it's the way to dig in on Mac. Tommy, thanks, man. Good chat. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. That was fun. Take care, guys. Right, there we go. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. On the phone right now is the Senior Bowl Director Jim Nagy joining us. I'm assuming, Jim, uh, you're calling. Uh, you're live down in Mobile, Alabama. You're on with, obviously, uh, me, myself and Andy Hart filling in for Andy Gresh. How are you doing this morning? Yeah, good, Christian. Good, Andy. How are you guys doing? We're, we're doing good. So, what's your day like moving up to uh, to one of the actual all the because the players are they there now? Are they all coming to town, or when does everything get started for you? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> I can't I can't even tell you what my days are like right now. I I, I can tell you I want to throw my phone into Mobile Bay right now because it doesn't stop. But uh, uh, the, the, the coaches show up on Saturday. Um, Troy Brown will be down here. He's going to be the offensive coordinator of one of our teams. And uh, we'll have a big coaches dinner on Saturday night. You know, it's a different deal for us. We, we, had, this, we had full coaching staff down here for 73 years, and the league kind of threw us a curveball last year. Um, I actually like it. You know, we're going to have 18 teams down here represented on our staffs. But, so we have a little, little fellowship dinner on Saturday night, let those guys get to know each other a little bit before they dive into uh, meetings all day Sunday. And then our player arrival day is Sunday. I think we've, we've got one, we've got one flight coming in of some West coast guys. Uh, Michael Penix will be on that flight. Um, I think we got about 20, 20 players coming in Saturday night, but the bulk of them, the other, the other hundred plus will be in on Sunday morning. So, so Jim, how did the rules used to be? It used to be, I feel like the, whoever lost like one of the, the playoff games was then the coach of the senior bowl. Like it was used to have full staffs, right? It wasn't, like a, a a mixing of different position coaches and head coaches. Is that the way it used to be? Yeah, way back in the day, it was the loser of the conference championship game. Um, they came straight to Mobile and coached. When then, and then what made more sense, I don't know when this was, um, 
probably sometime in the in the seventies, you know, because Paul Brown coached our game like eight times. Um, and there, Don Shula coached it like five times. Bill Walsh coached it four times. Um, at some point, they switched it and they made it like the draft order um, to me, which made a ton of sense because then in a league that you know is built around parity, as we all know, it was a it was really kind of a hidden mechanism for parity. You have a you have a crap season and you get to go to Mobile and and be around all these good players for a week and, and try to figure them out. So um, yeah, they switched it up on us last year. It's more of a developmental thing for coaches now. Um, it's like a quote unquote coach up format. So like our, our coordinators are, you know, our head coaches are guys that are coordinators. Um, like Jeff Ulbrich from the jets is one of our coaches, the D coordinator of the Jets. So, um, but it's cool. It was good last year. I I really enjoyed it. I'm excited to get these guys down here this year. So Jim, we are obviously paying a little more attention to the senior bowl and the draft process a little earlier this year because well, the team stunk and we have the third pick in the draft to focus on. Um, as you start to look at this draft, and I know not everybody is in your game, but we are obviously fixating on the quarterbacks, the top three there. The Patriots need a quarterback. What do you think of these three quarterbacks in terms of being franchise quarterbacks? Uh, you know, I haven't did a, done a deep dive on those three guys as much as I've done the guys that are in the game. I, I, I've done a ton on Jaden Daniels. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the guy that I, he's the guy that I thought we were going to get. Uh, right. I mean, we, we went, I went over to Baton Rouge and did an in-person invite with the guy. Um, and then, you know, just after the Heisman trophy and the media buzz, I'm telling you guys like these mock drafts kill our game. (laughs) Um, I mean, these these agents see where some of their players are going in these, in these mock drafts and you know, it's, it's nonsense. But, uh, so I've done a lot on Jaden, um, haven't done as much on Drake and Caleb, but you know, doing tape on their, on the offensive side of the ball at both those schools, you can't help but notice those guys. I mean, I'll say this about Drake. He's actually training down here in Mobile, doing all his pre-draft work down here in Mobile. I went over there and, and uh, watched those guys work out the other day. Bo Nix is there as well. Bo's, Bo is playing in our game. And uh, we went and watched tape of the workout. And uh, <laughs> I, I totally forget. We're watching the tape, and I looked at Drake. I'm like, dude, did you play hoops in high school? Because he's got really bouncy feet for a big for a big quarterback, and he, and and uh, he's like, yeah, I played. I'm like, well, did you play all the way through? Did you give it up like in middle school? How? And he's like, no, I played all the way through. And then uh, and then the, his quarterback trainer was like, Jim, his brother played at UNC. His, you know, like I forgot he came from like the May basketball family. Yeah. Like, yep. Oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, so no, he's a, he, he is a really good athlete for a big guy. And I'll I'll say this like I had a bunch of calls last year when he was you know, I guess a sophomore, um, I had some scouting buddies and it happened like three or four times last fall that were like, man, they're, they're leaving practice in Chapel Hill. And like, man, you should see this kid at UNC throw the football. Um, and that doesn't, I mean, so there was clearly a wow factor when you leave the practice field and you're getting on the phone to call your buddies about it. Um, so no, he's, he's super talented. Um, Caleb does stuff on tape that again, makes a ton of wow plays. I think he's a better athlete than I, I think everyone talks about the arm talent with Caleb. Um, he's a really good athlete too. I mean, he's kind of, he's kind of unorthodox. He's a little, you know, not, not like a pretty moving guy, but man, he can make people miss um, and he can, he can get out of harm's way. So um, it's, it's a, it's a good class, man. I mean, you're, you could have six quarterbacks go in the first round. I, I don't know when the last time we had that, but you could legit have six guys go in the first. So we're talking to Jim Nagy, senior bowl, a director, uh, getting ready for the whole crew to get started. This Saturday coaches arrive, then players arrive, and then the game will be, what, February 3rd, I think it is? February, yeah, fe- February 3rd, Saturday, February 75th 3rd. anniversary. Yeah, we've got a uh, big year for us at the 70, 75th anniversary. We named a 75th anniversary team. We did like a fan vote. We pulled all the 32 GMs, um, and it's great. There's like 21 guys that are in, in Canton. There's probably another 15 that are going to be in Canton, you know, once they become eligible. Um, and we've got about 20 of them coming back for the weekend. We're having a big gala on Friday night. We're going to honor those guys at halftime. Um, of our game so it's uh, a lot of stuff going on a lot of stuff going on down here so do you um mac jones was a senior bowl guy right yeah were you were you um i mean we're trying to do this whole comparison like even like drake may you look at drake may and then like everybody's just you know so impressed with them uh caleb williams uh jaden daniels i'm listen i'm a big fan of bo nix quite frankly uh michael Penix jr is playing spencer rattler out of south carolina playing in that game uh, I think you also have Milton also is going to be playing. So you, uh, what is it, the kid out of uh, a Notre Dame? Hartman. Sam, yeah, Sam Hartman. All these guys were preseason All-Americans, uh, you know, Heisman, watch guys, and a lot of them were playing in your game. So I think about Mac Jones, like the way he was perceived, the way he was scouted, 
and then what he is now. Is there any way that anything that you see that kind of led you believe like he had this massive drop in his game, at least for now? I'd be curious to know what you guys think. You guys are up there around it. From from the outside looking in, I see a guy that played at a really high level as a rookie and then had in a guy that's like wired the right way, uh, total gym rat, like football junkie. And there's not many of those anymore. Um, ultra competitive. How does that guy fall off? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like to the point where now, like he probably has to go somewhere else and reset his career. Like, you tell me what happened over the last two years. Like, not many rookies come into the league and play the way Mac played. So, I mean, to me, it's to me what happened up there is not on Mac Jones. Agreed to some degree. I know Gerard Mayo was on our station this week with the morning show. He brought up the c word, confidence, and that his confidence was lost last year. This this last two year span of the coaching experiment, as Robert Kraft called it, with Matt Patricia, and then the struggles of this last year. Um, he couldn't fight through the struggles and the turnovers. I like to say losing is undefeated, and I think losing crushed him, losing the football and losing the games. Um, but I wanted to ask you, we get to this spot here where the Patriots, Gerard Mayo uh, created some waves when he said, we're going to take the best player available at the most important position. And everybody's like, ooh, he said quarterback. And then he kind of took a step back and said, well, we also need a tackle. We also need a wide receiver. Those are all important positions. What are your thoughts on those two positions in this class? Is it possible the Patriots can take a quarterback at three and still get really impactful tackles and wide receivers in, say, the second and third round? Absolutely. I mean, look look at last year's draft at wide receiver. You do not have to take one of those guys up high. I mean, we had seven receivers go in the first round, or in the, in the top. We had seven guys go in the top 100 last year, um, and none of them were first-round picks. And look at the guys that produced this year. You had Tank Dell in Houston was having an unbelievable season. Puka Nakua went in the fifth round. Rashi Rice in, in you know Kansas City went in the late second. Jaden Reed in Green Bay had 11 touchdowns. He went in the middle of the second. So, yeah, you, you, don't, you can definitely get a receiver on day two. You can get a really good receiver on day two. There's going to be guys from this game like, like Ricky Pearsall from Florida who, if you could get him in the third round, is going to step right in and you know, catch six, 60, 70 balls next year for you. So um, you can wait on that tackle. Um, it is a really deep tackle class. We've got probably five, six, seven guys that will go in the first round out of this game. Um, so there will probably be one in the second. Early in the second, you could probably get a starting left tackle there. Yeah, I'm looking at how much do the coaches lean on you for information? Or are they just going there and they just use their eyeballs? Do you do you, do coaches interact with you a lot based on like your because you're obviously ahead of most of these coaches because they their season just ended. Well, I certainly hope these guys are getting with their own general managers before they come to Mobile. If they're not do if, if if they're not doing that, then shame on the general manager. If they're not getting briefed on their on their position group, but but no, we do. We've got we've got a Zoom later this week. Um, four different Zoom set up with both sides of the ball for each teams, and and really what it is I'm not giving like a scouting report on those guys. It would take too long, but. Um, really just going over position flexibility on where we can use guys like on the offensive line, like who's the, who, what tackles can, can go in a guard and, and, you know, who's going to rep at center and um, you know, inside, outside at receiver inside, outside at corner, um, you know, you know, off the ball linebackers to edge. I mean, that, that's the stuff we go through on the calls, but I, I certainly think that uh, any personnel department is, is getting with their coaches before they come down here and giving them, you know, kind of the full scoop on on what the organ that what they feel about those players. Jim, I'm wondering as a former scout and your scouting eye and the things you're doing now, how do you look at guys like Bo Nix or Michael Penn? These guys that have extended careers. I think Bo Nix started like 60 college football games, two different schools. How has that longer careers, a uh, transfer portal, different systems? How has that altered your view of the scouting process? Well, it it, it can clean up the evaluation a lot when you see guys do different things in different systems. So it, it can help to a degree. Um, like in both cases, he's only a fifth year senior, you know, I mean, he, he started as a true freshman at, at Auburn. So he's playing a ton of football. And, and I think that's beneficial because as you guys know, I mean, it's not a developmental league anymore, especially at that position. I mean, we got Anthony Richardson last year at Florida had 13 starts and you know what, he's out there day one for the Indianapolis Colts. So um, they're going to, they're going to get those guys on the field. I mean, very rarely, I mean, jo- Jordan love right now, and Patrick Mahomes are like the only two examples in probably the last decade where you took a quarterback high and let him 
let them develop. So, um, and I don't think the age thing, I say, I just reading social media in, in the media. I mean, they, to me, they make way bigger deal out of the age thing than the teams do. Um, these guys are all taking care of their bodies better. Um, they were just playing longer. I mean, I, when I was growing up, quarterbacks were done in their early thirties, you know, like you get to 33, 34. I mean, you were, you were done. I mean, now these guys are all playing in their late thirties. If they're good enough, you know, if they're not getting cut, um, they, there's a lot of guys walking away from the game on their own, their own volition in, in you know, around 40. So I, I don't think the age thing matters for these quarterbacks. I think it's actually a good thing. They're getting the experience. Along those lines, I have this idea that I don't think will ever pass in the NFL world, but I wanted to get your perspective on it because you've looked at it from different ways. I have this theory that there should be a rule that all quarterbacks drafted into the NFL have to redshirt for a year. And it obviously is based on the fact that some of the greatest quarterbacks of the last two decades, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar, like a lot of guys had a lot of time to watch and learn, whereas other guys get thrown out there and it seems like maybe they get broken. And I would say Zach Wilson and maybe to some degree – um, Mac Jones here. Do you think that would ever work if there was a forced redshirt year for drafted quarterbacks? I like I like the theory, but I don't think you're ever <laughs> going to get an owner. Oh, I don't think you're ever going to get the owners on board with that. They got to get their their shiny new toy out there right. in front of all the fans. You know, I mean, those guys are the the when you're drafting a quarterback up high. I mean, that's that's the hope. I mean, those guys represent the hope. So, uh, but in theory, I agree with you. Yeah, you can. You know, you can break a quarterback. I think the the two examples you use, and the, the crazy thing with with me for Mac, just going back to Mac a little bit, like that kid was ultra confident. You know, so I mean, there was, you know, the fact that that he lost his swag and and, and lost his confidence, and he did. Like when I would when I would catch a, a pass game on TV in the fall and and, and see Mac on the sideline, like I've never seen that guy look that like that. <laughs> you know, before these last couple of years, like I would have never, I wouldn't have been able to fathom Mac Jones looking like that with the way he was carrying himself, man. It was, it was, it was really kind of sad to see because he was a, he was a super confident guy when he was down here at our game and, and all the times I was around him up at Alabama. All right, Jim, you're the best, man. We know you got a busy day, a lot going on, but if you uh, want to watch the Senior Bowl, I mean, the coverage is going to start. It'll be there all week. You watch it live on the NFL Network at uh, one thirty. Uh, so, Jim, good luck this week. Get some sleep, and uh, we'll catch you on the other side, buddy. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. The 413 says, why is Atlanta going to hire BB? They have no quarterback, and he's a short-term hire. Well, with an 81-year-old owner, I don't know if they're going to go young at quarterback at number seven. They've done everything. They've done everything else to put pieces on offense around someone. Now they got to go get the someone, and even Kirk Cousins. And you know, I was banging that drum here. Even Kirk Cousins in an interview was like, "What? Why would I turn down an opportunity to go play with a guy or for a guy like Belichick?" Yeah, and the other thing is, uh, the whole uh, short-term answer. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, yeah, I mean, look at look at Bruce Arians. Short-term answer. Yeah. He was there a year, they bring Brady, and then he coaches Brady for two years. Short-term answer. It works. They're still they're still going strong. Every I, I think some of the mistakes that get made is everyone looks at every organization and thinks that the plan is all similar and the same. Kind of the, rat. let's parrot the, oh, it's a copycat league. No, it isn't. In some ways it is. In a lot of ways it isn't. Every owner does business differently all of them have different values and ideals. You know, look at the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, they they made the commitment to Joe Burrow. Let's see how many other commitments they're willing to make. That ownership over the course of their tenure has not been, I mean, they throw out big contracts like manhole covers. Not everybody gets one. And not every organization is like that. And guys get overpaid in free agency all the time. So maybe for Atlanta it is, Man, we got a lot of good pieces, but where do we need to fine tune? Well, the one answer we got to find is a quarterback. Because here's another thing, too. Atlanta's sitting there at number seven, I think it is. Seven or nine, one of the two. Hang on, I have to look it up. I think it's number, if I if I remember correctly, it is, uh, yeah, they're sitting there at number eight, okay? Why can't they take that pick and go get themselves a, a veteran quarterback for an organization that might be looking for a reset or something like that. Yeah, you can do a lot with that pick and maybe go tackle, but you can also do a lot with that pick of going and dropping in a veteran to as 
to highlight the whole, here's our short window, here's how we're going to do it. There is a, I saw this thing uh, yesterday about uh, Russell Wilson um, wanting to be traded to the Raiders. That was his original team when uh, when the trade first happened out of Seattle, but he got stuck in uh, um, in, in Denver. And with the relationship between uh, Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, I, don't be surprised if Russell Wilson gets moved. I would say probably most definitely going to get moved. Yeah, I would think so. Okay, but there's because there's now, so many that, financial issues for, for that associated pick, with it. Ooh, that's a lot. But I don't know if he's not. I don't think Russell Wilson is worth that. Like as far no, as no, like, I agree. As far as what Russell Wilson is worth now, based on what happened the last two years, like his value's got to be as low as it's ever been since he got into the league. I was trying to look and see where uh, Denver was at because I think they actually have their first round pick. Yeah. You know, does would Peyton entertain a move uh, from 12 to 8 to maybe try to go grab a QB or something like that and move? Like, I'm just I'm trying to think of if you're Atlanta, what are the ways you can get creative versus just giving up, say, a straight second-round pick? Can you do a pick swap with another player thrown in or something like that? I'm just wondering how, how creative maybe Denver – might be on their end yeah. in terms of getting rid of like do they want to get rid of Russell Wilson so bad they'll just take a fourth rounder and say to hell with I it know. or do they still play the game feels like it well because uh again you know was Russell Wilson great no but that's a veteran guy who someone might look at and say all right he could fix our problems hey hey, hey Russell just make sure you um you know get along with all the players uh, make sure you ingratiate yourself with them. Uh, you know, act like a normal guy. You know, have the guys over. Be real personal, uh, personable. Like yeah, that's all you need to do. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the la- it's like the worst thing he's at. The way he's like that's the worst thing he's good at. Could Russell Wilson be in play here? No, 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 no. He would definitely upset. No, not a chance. He is. He is. Uh, no. Why not? It's so different. Bill would never do it. No, no. I would say collaboratively, they wouldn't agree on that. They have the third pick in the draft. They are they're either going to keep Mac or they're going to they're going to draft a quarterback. They're drafting a quarterback. But I'm just saying is that at what point might they wake up and go, hey, this Harrison kid is a once in a lifetime guy, a wide receiver. He could be there for us. What are our other ways of building? Harrison this? may be the one who literally dictates the board. You know what? I, I it it could have been Caleb Williams yeah. had he not you know opened his mouth and put his foot in it. Yeah, I, I think you're right, but no, I I because I think the problem. I look and again, we're gonna do a lot of draft stuff. We're hoping to get out there as well. I think it'll happen. I don't know if it's the way we want. Uh, yeah. Can you want to give us an update on uh, that? But. I think when teams start grading players and stacking the board one through whatever, Marvin Harrison, Olu Fashanu, and maybe even Joe Alt are going to get higher NFL grades than those quarterbacks. That doesn't mean they're all going to be drafted that way, but I think when you stack the board and you break them down, I don't think those quarterbacks are necessarily going to be one, two, three on draft boards everywhere. It's more those other guys, and to that point, it's going to make it difficult. I know there is some, some who say, oh, well, if Josh McDaniels comes back, Christian, maybe it means more of Mac Jones. But we've also talked a lot about how do you put these pieces together, who are people that you'd like to keep, all that kind of stuff. On the uh, Six Rings and Football Things podcast, Cadillac and Hart, they ranked the Patriots pending free agents, Okay. Do you want to go twenty four to one or one to twenty four? Um, you want to start crossing people off early. I mean, like number twenty four is Nathan Rourke. Right, I mean, we can cross him off. Yeah, I mean, do we, I don't think we. Need All right, to so number twenty three is Matthew Slater. If you're Gerard Mayo, do you actively try to recruit him for one more year, or if you're Mayo, is that a part of the? Well, that was a Bill guy, so he's got to go. No, no, he's he's he is um uh. Oh my gosh! Who is the? He's Andre Tippett, two He's forever a patriot. He's forever a patriot. He truly he's in is the building. Foxborough forever. Yeah, he's in the building. He's a great resource. Maybe he's a chaplain. Maybe who the hell knows? Uh, but he is. If I'm drawn, I keep him in the building, and I keep him as a, as a like a, a consultant almost. I pay him to be a consultant. Come to work. You don't have to be here like every. You don't have to go to practices. I want you to go on the uh, the flights. Was go to all the games. 
but you can have a normal life. You can, can you, you put your kids on the bus. You can pick them up from school. Can you do that without people looking at him cross or who would be who are they looking at? Slater no, no, cross? Slater. Meaning like nah, oh, he's fine. Oh, there's he's, oh, there's the narc. It's just another Bill guy. No, no, no. It's another Bill leftover. He's too godlike. He's too like you know. He's too like yeah, respected. Oh, okay. And he would, and if he was knocking, you well, know, there are a lot. He of, would, he would convince everybody that it's for their own good. Well, there are a lot of respected people down yeah. there who, you know, I think the narking stuff has always gone on. Every coach I've ever had as a coach, a new coach, has already has always brought one of their own guys, and we always thought that that guy was the narc. Like uh, Mangini did it. Um, uh, uh, McDaniel's did it at Denver. He did it in in in, in with, the Raiders. with the Raiders too. To bring yeah. your guys. You bring them, and they're they're so indebted to you that they'll tell you anything. Uh, Trey Nixon can go. How about this? I'll just do it like that. You tell me if I need to stop. Trey Nixon can go. James Ferentz, we've seen enough. Christian Ellis, don't even know who you are. Oh, did you skip Riley Reef? I'm getting there. Oh, he was 20. No. James Ferentz was uh, Christian Ellis. Oh, 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 okay. Are you looking at a different list than me? Do I have the same list? Nathan Rourke is 24. Slater is 23. Yeah, Nixon Nixon is 22. Okay. Ellis. I don't even know who it is. Cody Davis. Yep. Uh, Do you want Cody Davis back as a special teamer, or is that a guy you can purge now, too? I mean, he's 34 years old. I mean, can you pay him a veteran minimum? Sure. But is it someone you want? Again, it well, a- it's just it's just like it's irrelevant to me. It's like okay. it's not a big piece of the puzzle. Bingo. You know, he's the 40th. He's like the 52nd or 53rd guy on the roster. Moving on then. Uh, Ty Wheatley Jr. Keep him around, whatever. It doesn't matter. All right, number 17 on this list is Riley Reef. <laughs> I know that you wanted oh, to jump to Riley Reef. Oh, I think it's done. He didn't do anything. He's older. He's been injured. He's not got, reliable. I think he got nine million in real money. Yeah, last I mean, year. They, that, there's no way you're gonna let that guy sneak in and get, grab another year and steal from you. Josh Bledsoe, I think. See you later, uh, Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager is a guy that I would definitely keep on the roster at least for now. He's definitely a camp guy. Let's see how he fits in. Right. You're gonna need some. You know, they're gonna need some guys like that. How about Alex Austin, the corner who got in a little bit last year? Figure be an easy guy to keep, probably league minimum. I figure that you could bring him back, knowing that you can cut him. Yeah, because you want the depth. Oh, yes. oh <laughs> baby. Yeah, number thirteen, Trent Brown. Now, see you later. Don't let the door hit you on your ginormous uh, buttocks right now. Don't let Hold it hit you on in your ginormous, lazy. Let me it, let me mentally least, weak buttocks. Let me at least ask you this question. Trent Brown is Trent Brown. But would Trent Brown be Trent Brown with a former player as the head coach? Meaning Mayo, possibly, new guy, new voice, African-American, a lot of ways to connect with Trent Brown. Does Gerard Mayo try to figure out a way to manage Trent Brown for a year no. because when engaged, he's good for the team. No, he's too much. It's too much work. It's too much work. We are not going to keep guys around that are too much work. I think you know who he is. They have seen him for so many years. They do not need to hope that he's going to change. He isn't. And if he does trick you into convincing you that he's changed, he's just going to like go back into his old ways. That's just who he is. That's just like so for you, you to trust Mayo him. Could uh, figure it out. Listen, if you don't think that he can figure out Mac, then you shouldn't think that he could figure out Trent Brown. I think those oh, two are the same. I, don't I think know. they're the same. Mm, I'm not so sure about that. And I'm a big Mac guy, but Mac's performance will go up and down a little bit when Trent Brown's dialed in. He is a top five tackle in the league. Maybe again, but if that's the key word, if I know he was like that. Uh, wait, uh, when he was in San Francisco and the Patriots got him, then he went to the Raiders, and they it was always if. And now he's and done he it was, here. And he, he was proving you're right. Yeah, if. Yeah, no, I'm there. I think it's I, – I just feel like such a I, dangerous play. I said well, ask are you a yes? It's, well, because are you it, a yes? Well, because I'm wondering if Mayo has the ability to connect with Trent Brown a little differently, that oh, that, he, he, he can, that, he, he, that is a risk worth assuming because the you number, give him the why. Well, because the yeah yeah that's it. he the yeah he could or Everybody it's just yeah I think it I, I again I throw it out there wondering if you're Gerard Mayo that would it, no I'll tell you that would really impress me if Mayo took that on 
because that would that would be a clear signal of I can manage him and that at least it's for a player who when they're right is one of the better players at their position in the league. Moving on, Gasicki. Interesting to hear Baldinger bring up how the Rams use their wide receivers the way we kind of thought Gasicki might get used here a little bit, almost as a big wide out. He can block a corner where he couldn't block a linebacker at least or something like that. It never really materialized, but that did stick with me in our chat with Baldinger about the Rams and the way they use their wide receivers because that, that I, my first thought went to Gasecki. I'm a no on Gasecki. Just got to get rid of him. He's, he's not, you know, what do they pay him, like $10, $9, 10000000 dollars He's just, man, he's oh, a, man. he's more of a gimmicky guy anyways. So we need a starting yeah. left tackle yeah. and at least one tight end. Absolutely. Miles Bryant. Miles Bryant had a good yeah. year, got about two and a half mils. He's a solid like core player. He's a guy I think yeah. Mayo would want back. Yep. Uh, not great, but good depth. Farrell Brown. I think that's a an keep. easy resign. Yep. You got to keep him. Jalen Mills. Jeez, uh, I don't know. What do you think? Here's the thing. What is, what is the if deal with Jalen Mills? If you're investing in Duggar, yeah, Mills true. is probably gone. Yeah. If Duggar is leaving for free agency, and I'm going to dare say one of the Mayo signings is definitely going to be Duggar. So I'm banking on that. But if not, then maybe Mills is a one-year sort of fail-safe fallback. Yeah, and a big part of this is how many guys on the defense does he does he really rely on and believe in? You know, DeMarcus, if DeMarcus Covington is going to be your defensive coordinator, you know. You can't you, take Duggar away you, from him. You then. can't keep, yeah, yeah, you can't. And I would even say a lot of these defensive players – even Mills, in, in in a way, it's just the transition is so easy. The teaching is so much easier. You're not really changing anything. Mm-hmm. You're not changing anything. You know, then you backfill it with some uh, some younger players or another couple of free agents. Uh, Zeke Elliott, number eight on this free agent I'm list a bit, for the Patriots. I, I, I'm a definitely a one-year guy, but I think he'll get another a two-year deal somewhere else. Well, if I'm uh, – look, if I'm Bill and I end up in Atlanta, which I think so, yeah. I go sign the – Zeke Elliott, way better than I thought he was going to be. His attitude was right, all that kind of stuff. I don't know with Zeke. Like, what does Zeke want now? More opportunity? Does he want to make big money again? I think there's there's a lot there. Uh, and that's also why you need an offensive coordinator and a plan because if you're going to re-engage your own free agents, like, if you want Zeke to come back, which I would like, he might ask the question, well, Who's going to be the Who's going to be the quarterback? Who's going to be my tackles? You know what I mean. There's some questions there that he could ask. Uh, number seven, Mac Wilson, senior. I think he's an easy bring back. He doesn't cost a lot of money, and he has been kissing Mayo's ass on social mm-hmm. media from yep. day one. This guy, I think, is as good as gone. Josh Uche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Underperform and gets hurt. Somebody will overpay yep. him. You know, again, I use this reference maybe too much, but. He is uh, the Tully Banta Kane of 2024. <laughs> uh, Kendrick Bourne. I want Bourne back. I like his energy. I don't think he's a bad player. And if I can get him at last year's price, I'll take him. Yeah, I mean, coming off an ACL, you think he's probably going to – but he's a free agent, right? Yeah, he'd also yeah, be – he's not going to get a lot of money. He'd be a sign and stash almost, as in I'll bring him back at a reasonable number. Yeah. And then about week eight – and he I might get the real Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, exactly. It'll be, okay, the last eight, nine games of the season, let me prove it, and let me get back into the free agent ranks. Kind of think so. Or, kinda, or it's kind of like here. his only recourse. Maybe you give him a two-year deal to be like, if we're going to invest in you this year, we yeah. want you for the other year. Uh, the other thing with uh, – Because he should go into his natural role, which is like third wide receiver. You make a good point on the, the knee injury definitely complicates things yeah, for Bourne. no one's going to sign him. So there's probably – you can meet in the middle somewhere and kind yeah. of make that work for everybody. But on the whole, if healthy, I still want him back. Yeah. I'm not counting on him as my number one, but the guy's still good. You and I agree, Duggar. I'll tell you what, Anthony Jennings had a hell of a year. And I know that, again, it's a Bill guy, but Bill sat on him and sat on him and sat on him, and then, boom, he finally stayed healthy. Why can't he be a Gerard Mayo guy? Well, because I have been led to believe yeah. that – Everything is new and collaborative down well, no, there. Not so, the players. The players aren't, yeah. aren't really associated oh, with okay. that. They don't, they don't bear well, the burden yeah, of that. Anthony Jennings was a Bill project. So that's like Bill left him on the roster for a couple of years. And we would say, why is he here? Now we saw last year why he's here. I think the guy can play. That's somebody I want to keep around. Hunter Henry's a must keep. 
Yeah, you don't have a choice. Okay, Mike Onwenu, are you going a uh, hundred million? Oh my lord! For Mike Onwenu, hey, it's the price of doing business. It's about what you're looking. It's it, it's it's ninety to a. I, I talked to an agent about this the other day. <laughs> With Onwenu, it is likely five to six years, and you're in the ninety to one twenty range. Is he that good? I guess it doesn't matter. He's going to get that somewhere else. He's not going to get it here. And quite well, they honestly, have, they have cash to burn. Yeah. Why not? You don't have. You don't have, now. You don't have a left tackle. You don't have a right tackle. Yeah. You kind of have a left guard. I just don't think they're going to look at the price point and think that the player's worth it. I mean, it's that well, that's simple. my point. It's so somebody else will have. I to, mean, again, you yeah. know, it's the whole. If I'm going to spend eighteen to twenty million, I, I and I still think that is a bill thought process, but I think it is one that the Patriots were still subscribed to. Uh, then again, here's the way you could do it if you want to middle it. Franchise him for a year. True. That's the easiest thing to do. And I don't know what that I number. That, I was going to say 27-ish. Oh, I don't think it's that high. You don't high. think it's that high? So it's the average of the top three on, uh, 20, tackles 20, in the league? NFL franchise It would tags. be the right? Uh, let me see here. Let me see here. Let's see if I can get some uh, get some numbers on this quickly. Normally... Normally, they kind of give you the uh, the ballpark of the numbers. Here we go. 2023 franchise tag numbers. Stand by. I didn't expect you to throw that Oh, it's not a big deal. Offensive line, 18.24. Okay. And this was off. March of 2023. But I, I so think. So it's probably a little bit higher. So I think what it is. Probably close to 20. It's a little like Toonie. And I know that was weird because of all the, like the COVID year or whatever. And even if say the O tack say that O line number jumps up to twenty million, it's projected nineteen point nine two five. Okay, so twenty mil, but it's only one year. So I wonder if it's one year. Keep him here for Mayo, and before people say on when it will be ticked that he gets franchise tagged for a minute, and then his agent will say, "Hang on here." Oh yeah, I calculated that the uh, number will be uh, about twenty million for one year, Mike. How much you made your whole career? We might want to sign this one. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of where it lands, I think, for some of those uh, you know middle round uh, guys. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.